Parents Pod. Welcome to Pet Parents Pod, the podcast for and by pet parents. I'm Danielle. I'm Heath. I'm Kip. And we are one week away from the true Halloween. The true day where our king returns and we once again can rise up against the light. I know. I feel I feel like I should like it more than I do, but I've never I've tried so many times to really like Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Mm. I enjoyed the I, Hobbit. I enjoyed the Hobbit. I can never get through Return of the King. I fell asleep so many times. So dry. I tried to read The Hobbit so many times. Oh. I fell asleep so many times. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book report, which I got an A, using right. a summary go. and only reading the first chapter. Yep. Wow. I actually got... Oh, I'm so sorry, you guys. No. I got um, a little jet, jet lag from vacation. Yeah. Uh, I got um, a Nook Color cool. at the dawn of e-readers. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, and um, The Hobbit was the first book that I bought. And because it's an ebook, there are audio clips attached to it, and some of the special clips attached to the book was Tolkien reading portions of The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. So I read the first chapter, and then the start of the second chapter, he actually reads it himself. So you can click play and listen. And when I heard his rhythm in how he was reading the story and how he meant for it to be read, right. the rest of the book was a breeze for me, because then I understood, I guess, the candor or the, the rhythm the of the cadence of, of his writing. I did try so, audiobook, too. Yeah. I fell asleep. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Well, if you're ever having trouble falling asleep, apparently, Danielle, you just need to... Oh, listen, listen to The Hobbit. Hobbit. Yeah, I'll listen turn on that first chapter. Apparently, it induces sleep. <laughs> I just yeah. go... I made it, like, halfway through the Silmarillion with the audiobook. Wow. Pretty good. I'm impressed. Good I think I'd started reading Return of the King, but I don't think I finished it. Mm. So, does Tolkien have any cryptids in it? He's got the ends. Those tree people? Yeah. 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 Um, Giant eagles. Do we know the actual Water. definition of encrypted? <laughs> uh, it is a um, it is a type of animal that has yet to be scientifically defined, but is uh, mythologized to exist. Claim to exist is technically, but yeah, what you said is correct because technically, mythological animals are stories and not actually thought to be real, mm-hmm. such as unicorns and dragons would be a good example. Unicorns are real. But then again, <laughs> so. We have a throne made out of their horns. Uh, you mean Norwals? Yeah. Um, so here, here's the fun thing with cryptids cryptids do kind of fall into the mythology part of our lexicon because mm-hmm. as humans we like to tell stories yep we're oral 
history creatures. We love, we've got a big imagination. We need to get it out somehow. Yep. And so... Telling stories is longer than writing them down. By yep. A lot. And so some get turned into mythology, some, and in more modern day, they're mostly referred to as cryptids. So I have a handful of cryptids that I thought, for the spooky season, we can touch base on. Okay. I'm excited. Yes. Because this is... This was my specialty in elementary school. I used to find the cryptids and aliens section in our school library. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I would just sit on the floor and just read all about them. Yes. So you just made friends with the weirdos. Um, oh, no, okay. I was the only weirdo. Oh. They were the friends. weirdo in the cryptid section. <laughs> yeah, adorable. no, no one, I had no friends in elementary school. Anyway. So we're going to talk about, we're, we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do a brief overview of Lake Monsters. Oh, and love it. Uh, here's the thing. Guess what? Hmm. There are lake monsters all over the fucking world. Anywhere there's Turns lakes? Out. Yeah. Turns oh, my out. God. Lakes are scary and mysterious, and we don't want to go down there to see what the thing is. There's so a we, lake monster in Georgia, too. I'm oh, still shocked that there are that. lakes that are... Oh, yeah. Scary. Lake Lanier's? Uh, no, hang on. Uh, you guys, not all lakes are muddy. Yeah, there's some lakes there. You can go down to Florida. Oh, you I didn't know this until I went up to visit my friend who lives in uh, the Massachusetts, New Hampshire area. Ooh. And I saw a lake that was, like, actually clear. Crystal clear. Very so, clear, and I was like, oh, it's not muddy. This mm-hmm. is a nice lake. The only lakes that I've been to are muddy because that's the south. Yep. And they're gross lakes. Yep. Because they're muddy. So, uh, uh, Alti is its name. It's Altamahaha. Atamahaha. Okay. Atamahaha is a legendary creature who supposedly lives in the Atamahaha River, which is in southeastern Georgia. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, there have been Atomaha. sightings throughout most of its life. Its references, it uh, dates back, its legend dates back to the roots in uh, Muskegee. Mm-hmm. Muskogee, yeah, Muskogee, Muskogee yeah. traditions, and then therefore other people. Um, it's supposedly like, oh, you see a giant creature in the lake that you looks like a old dinosaur. Uh, I forget what those are called, like plesiosaurs or something. Um, uh, uh, Leoplorodon, there's plesiosaurs. Plesiosaurs. Charlie. <laughs> The magical Leoplorodon, Charlie. Okay, okay. Another, if we want, another cryptic. That's, that's what they think Loch Ness is. is yes. A plesiosaur. A plesiosaur. Um, also, uh, what is possibly mostly miscited, because here's the real thing about cryptids. Most of them are probably real animals we mistake for other animals mm-hmm. or just blew out of proportion. Right. They assume an alligator gar is probably the reason for the sighting because of its size and shape. Is people are thinking it's part of a bigger animal when it's not. Yeah. Um. So that is the local Nessie to Georgia. Love it. Um. So does anyone know where the actual first supposed sighting of Nessie came from? Um, Scotland. Yeah, was it not Scotland? It is Scotland, but like what the story is before all the photographs and stuff that, like, happened in, like, the 80s and stuff. Gosh, I feel like Animal Planet had a documentary on this at some point. 
Well, uh, tell us the story. The, the earliest was in August 22, 565. Wow. An Irish priest named, uh, well, he wasn't a saint then, but uh, he became a saint. He was sainted. He was sainted, Columbia. Mm -hmm. uh, traveled through the lands of the Picts where they saw a funeral of some locals. They, like, stopped by and were like, hey, locals, what's going on? And the locals were like, ah, sea monster killed our friends. We're just burying it. And Columbia's like, okay, well, we should investigate these waters if the sea monster's harassing you. Mm -hmm. So he sent out one of his uh, disciples out to go investigate the water. So the guy goes and swims out. It's like, any lake monsters here? Hello? Hey, you go out there and you check out where that murderous monster is. Columbia's like, doing a good job, Gerald. Doing a great job, buddy. <laughs> and then Gerald, and then the sea monster appears, and so Columbia goes, you shall not pass. Yep, yep just Makes like the sign of the cross. Yep. And, well, so actually. The sea monster is a Balrog. Yeah. Okay. He gosh. made the sign of the cross and commanded in the name of God to go no further, not harm the man. Go back at once, he said. And supposedly the creature pulled away and fled. And this is the earliest um, recorded history of the myth. Uh, but also apparently several... What do you mean, myth, Dan? Ooh. Mm. Also, this is apparently a very common historical myth recorded by yeah, monks from this again. period. I don't think you're a believer. I, I want to believe, but no. I also will point most of my research, I know a lot of these, like, legends, so most of this has just been verified by Wikipedia, because a lot of this, like I said, is urban legends, just get right. dates and names right. Right. Um, and then, as things continued, other people supposedly saw, by the way, this is at the river of the nest, not mm. actually in the lock yet. Yeah. Those came later. Um, and of course, I think yeah, the locks are man-made, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if all. I think locks are just lakes, but in oh right, lock, yeah. lock, yeah. Some locks can be man-made. That yeah. is true. The, a lock is typically where you um, wall a boat into a certain section, and then you can raise or lower the water level, mm -hmm. and then you open the wall yeah. to match the thing, so you can it's tap very, it down. It's like it's like that's it's a, like boat stairs. Yeah, it is locks, like boat, locks that's, are like boat Those stairs. are like canals. Yeah. And they use the lock system to ferry things through the canals. Yeah. But other sightings include like the very famous picture of that like grayscale thing, which that's was a classic. Which was later debunked and proven to be a hoax. It was actually debunked uh, because of a deathbed confession. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. They so, could have just taken it to their grave. Well, that's how a lot of these are kind of debunked because uh, we'll we'll talk about Bigfoots later. But yeah, the Bigfoot thing was debunked by. Or were they dying of? What if they were delirious? Well, it was died. after their Ooh, parent Bigfoot died. Bigfoot cancerous. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Not on him yet. Um, wow, we'll come to save the cancer cancerous for later. Uh, but yeah, through history of the lock, people supposedly saw, people think it's a plateosaur, like somehow survived the in yep, the depths of the water. Other people think it's probably mistaken other fish like big pike or gar that live in the area. 
logs and other things that might look like something and there's been no real evidence other than pictures, sightings, and stories. I think someone tried to check sonar with it, but didn't really... What was the sonar thing? Which it would definitely show up on sonar. Yeah, I feel like... Because it's big. That's why the sonar one's a little interesting. There's so many sonar scrapes of Loch Ness. So let's see, hold on, I have to double check. Plesiosaur. Um, extinct large marine. Cero... Pterygian rep, uh, reptile that lived during the early Jurassic, so okay. not Pleistocene era. Okay. So Jurassic Park definitely had a plesiosaur. Okay. So the sonar, the supposed sonar readings that caught something was mm. in December 1954. Ooh. They were taken by a fishing boat, the Rival 3, mm. and its crew noted a large object keeping pace with the vessel at depth of 146 meters, or 479 feet for us Americans, and it was detected for uh, 2,600 feet before contact was lost and regained. Previous sonar attempts are inconclusive or negative. So one fishing vessel mm. had tracked sonar and has never really been able to re replicate. Huh. Yeah. So it could be like a large sort. So, like, there's no... Don't know what it was. So, the myth of the Nessie could still be true. Mm. Oh, and the first complete fossilized skeleton of a plesiosaur was in uh, England. So. Mm. so It is possible. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it is an ancient mm. ancestor and we just never tracked it even though that lake has been like severely checked. Yeah. I could be wrong. People want to believe. But... At the same time, if you live near a lake, check your local mythology. You actually might have a lake monster because most places do. Yeah. I thought, oh, I could do There's a section. Most scary. places have lake monsters. When I started this episode, I thought, oh, I can do a little read-off of a bunch of different ones. And then I started looking. And the list for lake monsters goes on and on and on. I'm like, oh, dear God, no. So, <laughs> Oh, please, make it suck. I'm not doing that anymore. I was like, oh, we can do a couple of them. Um, we can do lake monsters. We will do... We'll talk about Nessie, the most famous, and I talked about the one in Georgia, because that's where we live. So, uh, my next cryptid is a fun one, because it is something that's close by-ish, and gets a lot of, like, talk, and plus has cute little fan art of the Mothman. Love Mothman. Point Pleasant, West Virginia's Mothman. Mm -hmm. Supposedly... A terrifying creature of the night who attacks people in this area of a forest near Point Oh my god. Point Pleasant Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It has a section of a wildlife um, area that used to have um, ammunition that was um, stored in it in the woods during World War Two. It had an old munitions factory that's out of work, and then it's a basically a forest reserve now. Right. And, like, one of the most uh, more common sightings was um, supposedly when you're out there at night, you see two glowing red eyes and a huge giant wingspan, and it chases you. And that's kind of the story of the Mothman. It will give off, like, not even, like, oh, it's a, it's a billowy cry. It's like a very... Uh, like cawing cry some people think it's probably mistaken for an owl um 
Booty who? Sand, uh, what are they called? Sands Hill Cranes are another guess mm-hmm. of what it could be. The only reason that is disputed is the Sand Hill Cranes were not spotted in the area until after the Mothman, but there is some avid bird watchers who have claimed they spotted them in the area around the times of the initial sightings. Right. But it wasn't actually considered a like in the area. So the main it's very likely though. Oh yeah. It's probably oh, very man. likely. They're huge. They have glowy eyes. They make interesting call. Let me see if I can get a sample. They would uh, chase that one car. But... Yes. Yeah, so I'll give the story of the car being chased in a second. I'm just going to try to see if I can get a Sans Hill crane cry. Live Googling. I meant to look this up. I'd shit myself if I heard that by So if you heard that in the middle of the night in the woods and then saw glowing up. Yeah, that would be fucking horrifying. Bird sounds don't make any damn sense, I will say. No, because you got advanced dinosaur vocal cords. Mm Mm-hmm. We can, like, make all these weird, crazy-ass sounds. Well, that's most likely what it is, but now for the fun part, the story behind it. Well, Matt sent me a video of a mockingbird that was making different sounds, and then one of the sounds that it made was the sound of children playing in the distance. Oh, my God. And I told Matt that he can fuck right off with that oh, creepy-ass bird children voice bullshit. We love so. West Virginia. Fun times. I mean, we love creepy birds is what I meant to say. Yep. Wow. Both those. We can give West Virginia I was know. scrolling down trying to find where the... Okay, so the main story that is well-known and actually documented is about two couples going out for a drive near the woods and being chased by an unknown large creature with a huge wingspan, glowing eyes, and it chased them all the way back into town. This in the 60s. Yeah, this is back in the 60s, and they actually went back after they had calmed down and checked it out and got chased again. So then, to confirm what they had seen. Yes. So that's unusual for the time period. And then they went to the police report, uh, the police station, and filed a police report because Point Pleasant is a small town. The police department took down their statements and believed them because they're like, well, these people don't lie about stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the more credible stories of the Mothman is in. The Mothman Museum in West Point, um, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Sorry, not West Point. Jesus. Um, But some people would claim that possibly Mothman might have been made up as a tourist attraction. What? And I don't... I would believe such a lovely town that holds an annual monthly October celebration of Mothman would do such a thing. They have a very weird metal statue. With a fantastic ass. It's not like anyone else has done that before, like Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, okay. They did that? (laughs) Yeah, they did that. It's totally just a made-up tourist attraction. I thought Skinwalkers were like... uh... Oh, they're they're real myths, but, but Skinwalker Ranch is not. Oh. Real. Oh. No, some dude made it up. Oh, it was a tourist place. Yeah. 
Oh, so okay. he made it up for clout and money. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's kind of the story of Mothman, which I will say I do want to go to Point Pleasant sometime during a Mothman festival. Absolutely. It looks adorable. I love Mothman as a cryptid. Yeah, it's a I good like cryptid. the cute art of Mothman. Yeah, Mothman yeah, has the cute cutest art. Cute Mothman. Oh. And their statue is impressive. Yeah. The ass. The ass is very powerful. It's ridiculous. Oh, I haven't seen this. Hold really? No. It's no. a metal Have you seen statue. The statue at all? It has no, abs. No. Yeah, no. It's He's ripped. He's I know ripped because of last podcast on the left that people write dirty stories about Mothman. Oh, people love Mothman. People need to calm down. Uh, okay, <laughs> they made that statue. The town of, made that statue. The you town look at that statue's statue. ass, and you. I will say one of for dirty stories to be one of my it. coworkers, yeah. and not a, those cheeks, not a dirty way, but one of my coworkers really likes Mothman. For a while, their handle was like Mothman's son or something like that. <sighs> mm-hmm. It was very cute. I see this more as like a nineteen. He's just got little. He's got little baby butt cheeks. Yeah, he got there. very, yeah. but it's defined. The butt? Yeah, the butt's pretty defined. It has a crack. Yeah, he's got a crack. I mean, That's not it's a metal. He ain't got the donkey dog. Like, you know. No, it's not like he's <laughs> he not twerking with that butt. ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's just there's a lot of detail put into that ass. Uh, Usually they don't put, uh, I mean, put that much detail. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so we're going to move on to Chupacabras, where I thought was another fun cryptid to talk about. This was my favorite when I was younger. Do you want to give the story then? Uh, no, I've, okay. I've been too long. I don't have faith in my own storytelling abilities. Aww. Um, so the idea is basically um, it's a monster that's like... Part reptile, part lizard. Liz- oh, yeah, part lizard, part like dog. Part is what some people say. Yeah, it's like supposed to be a very scary looking, huge fangs, drains mm-hmm. the bloods of uh, goats. And well, chupa cabra means goat sucker. Yes, chupa suck cabra goat. So the sure. first reported attack was supposedly in March 1995. Mm-hmm. It's the first, like, reported attack. Eight sheep were discovered dead in Puerto Rico. Each had three puncture wounds on its chest. So, like, they, the one thing about chupacabras that I find funny is, like, they either seem to have a top single fang and two bottom fangs, or they're reversed. They're top two fangs and one single bottom yeah. fang, because it's, like, a three-puncture system. Right. Um, to kind of make the damage make sense. Yeah. And then other stories like that kind of spawned up in, like, Puerto Rico area, Central America, things mm-hmm. like that. It's basically all our, our sheep and things are being killed. And there's even been supposed sightings and photographs. And every documented photograph of the supposed chupacabra actually caught on, like, wildlife film or supposedly. It's always been, like, a fox or coyote with mange. Right, yeah. So that is probably the more credible version of yeah, it. Foxes look very strange without their fur. Yeah, they do. But you can tell it's like a type of canine. There's been sightings of chupacabra in Puerto Rico. Yeah, it, the name the name actually is attributed to a Puerto Rico comedian named uh, Silvario Perez, who yeah. coined it while doing a stand-up act. Oh, okay. On like Leave a radio the show, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
But it's like, to me, that's kind of amazing because I always imagined um, Chupacabra, the territory being Mexico and even South Texas. I, yeah, Puerto it, Rico is an island for people who have never looked at a map. So it's like... <laughs> it, yeah, it, it. some sightings have been up as far as Maine. Oh. Uh, supposedly. Like, there's been sightings all over. It's just, it's kind of... It's one of those things. It's probably people saw rabbit or sorry, animals Mangy. affected by animal uh, mange, yeah. and then either some sort of attack from other wildlife that drank their goats or ate their goats or mauled it, and it got um, puncture wounds from either claws or teeth that looked mm. unusual. Maybe the way they got it because the things they're attacked are either fairly furry or they like they're herd animals, so they do actually fight back. Right. Why well, herd animals are good prey, they do fight back as a herd. They do, yeah. But um, I always like the story of Chupacabra. It was the nickname of trouble for a while with one of my roommates <laughs> because he would only stare at my roommate Mel mm-hmm. from like half away. So you'd see him in the doorway, it's just half of his head staring at you with his one little thing. It's and that's how Chupi was born. Chupi. I think I remember you calling me that too. Yeah. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Well, not sponsors per se, but it is time to pay the vet bills. Pet Parents Pod now has a website, PetParentsPod.com, where you can go and learn about all the different ways to support the podcast. We also have a Patreon now. There's a link to that as well, along with all of our socials, a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. It's going to be Patreon dot com slash pet parents pod anything and everything can help we would appreciate your support petparentspod.com also lists that we are a BarkBox affiliate so any special offers that we have which will be effective during certain date ranges that are listed are going to be on that page there's a link to BarkBox under the ways to support page on the website we also want to remind everyone that regardless of whether other special offers are going on anytime you subscribe to BarkBox using the link barkbox.com slash pet parents pod you can get free extra month of BarkBox for your subscription. If you enjoy our content, spread the word, tell your friends and family that are also animal lovers. Now back to your regularly scheduled episode. I remember uh, when I was a kid, um, one of those summers I spent up in Chicago with my grandparents, and there was a local news story that said that there was this unknown creature seen in a local park. And the video, it was like 1998. The video was like super grainy and it uh-huh. looked like a mangy black dog, but it was like not a dog. Like, you know, it's, it's not. one of those things. It was probably a dog. It probably but a mangy dog. So uncannily different from a dog that it like, I'm 34 and I'm still talking about it. <laughs> they never found out what the dog, what the thing was. It probably was a mangy dog, yeah. but it is Deep creepy. In my soul. I thought it was the Chupacabra of uh, Indiana. That's that's fair. I see we were in Chicago. Coyote, we were right? in a suburb of Chicago, Chicago that was in Indiana. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what I have on Chupacabra, because that's kind of its story. It eats goats, and that's most likely what it is. Yeah. And our next big tour um, of the supernatural cryptids will be Bigfoots. Another yeah. one who I was like, oh, maybe I can do a small section on all of them. I'm like, nope. That's a big nope. There's a lot of information. People get I can obsessed. list you the names. 
So most most well known, at least in our region, is the Sasquatch, mm-hmm. which uh, does come from a urban legend or a mythology from First Nations people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more commonly known as Bigfoot, also. Is Sasquatch a, a Cherokee legend? Mm-hmm. Let me see. I would have to check. I just know it was First Nations. I think it might be several different, like, it's a one of those things, like the sea monsters, like the lake monsters. Right. It's told it, by it a lot of different from, cultures. Yeah, a bunch of different sources. Um, but I, well, I keep his life Googling that. Other names it is known at, um, in the, I will say, they're in the southeastern region of the U.S., normally in Florida and other swamplands, it is sometimes called the skunk ape, which yep, is, ape. is a that? version of Bigfoot, but it's yellow. Isn't, you said Florida? Florida is a region that gets called that. Yeah, that but it's southeastern. Yeah, but okay. It's like Florida. a swamp version of it. You also mm-hmm. have uh, the Yeti, uh, the Ural, um, the Yowie, the Amos, and several other creatures all over the world that are considered to be an able like humanoid creature living out in the wilds. And what the idea behind it is, at least a lot of the legends stem from if you like start attacking the natural resources of an area, the Sasquatch or them will show up and start disrupting you for disrupting their lands and forests. Uh, some of the earliest sightings were some constructions up in the California areas, and when they would leave and come back, they would have like huge pieces of equipment destroyed, other things, like, ransacked, and they found huge footprints, supposedly. I personally think this might be humans who were trying to protest land development Uh and using the legend of the Sasquatch and Bigfoot to try to scare developers. Uh Yeah. 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 Because it... 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like to be most reasonable. And you know what? Go with it. Stop fucking yeah, trying to they, take out yeah, all of our resources. Covered up if you're actually in a gorilla suit. I don't know if they were, but yeah. you could take it that far. Um, the well-known um, plaster cast of foot uh, prints, mm-hmm. I think, uh, so, let me find out what his first name is. So Jerry Crew was part of a logging company and a bulldozer operator. He's the one who found some of the footsteps around the area, like a destroyed area. In 2002, the family of Crew, who was um, the family of Crew's deceased co-worker Ray Wallace, stated that their father had been secretly making large footprints with carved wooden feet to resemble the tracks. So. The some of the documented evidence is faked, mm-hmm. like stated as faked. Another thing, um, other people will set up wildlife cameras to try to track the Bigfoot. Uh, most of these are assumed to be mistaken identifications of um, black bears, especially young adolescent black bears who are like a little scrawnier, and when they move, they sometimes look. Possibly also because of California escaped apes or other like pets that shouldn't like exotic pets that shouldn't have been kept or escaped from zoos or other things so most likely their sasquatch is 
an urban legend to tell people to stop them from land development and right. not actually a half man half human missing link toward our evolution uh-huh. and also there have been reported actual identifications of off um grid people who wear large like fur hunting suits to blend in better and also just off-grid people in general in the woods getting mistaken and even shot thinking they're a sasquatch right well, from what I understand, I don't think any of them die. They just get, like, winged out in the woods. So that is probably the story of Bigfoot. But who knows? And I think in there's a lot of fun, like, Bigfoot museums in different regions where you can have fun and read the urban legends. Because all of these are, are really fun urban legends. Yeah. I love Bigfoot. I got a sticker of Bigfoot on the back of my car. Mm-hmm. That traditional little uh, silhouette image of Bigfoot waving, you know? Yeah, where it's like, yeah, I want to believe. But mine is, um, he's being abducted by aliens. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like Bigfoot being abducted by aliens, Mm -hmm. you know, going back where he belongs. Yeah. Um, For my last... He belongs in the forest. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. true. Um, One of my... I have two more that I'm going to touch base on, and then we'll wrap up. Um, there's plenty more cryptids out in the world, but these are the ones and I we selected. We can't cover all of them in one episode. No. Yeah. Well, so yeah. maybe we'll have a cryptids part two next Halloween. Um, like it. If anyone has a particular one, you can send that in. But, okay, so I'm going to talk about the Wendigo, maybe which no. it's a mythology technically, but it's also thought to believe in some areas to be real. It. It's used in some horror um, genres. Like uh, it was one of the main. Um, it's been co-opted. Yeah, it's been co-opted. It's a. It's a. Well, it's always been kind of a morality tale as a warning. Um, but what a Wendigo is, it's an evil spirit that possesses a human after they consume human flesh. Mm-hmm. It's normally. It was originally a story told to um, First Nations people. That's what um, I mean by co-opted. Yeah. Uh, First Nations people um, in the Plains and Great Lakes regions where uh, they have very harsh winters and it was mainly a mythology to discourage cannibalization during the winter. Scare these youngins off from Don't eat each other. You'll become evil, basically. Um, And the idea is that a Wendigo is a human that ate human flesh and therefore possessed by an evil spirit becomes um, literal gaunt. Mon- literal monsters. Literal monsters. They become gaunt from starvation because most of the time they're at the point of starvation. And then once you've eaten human flesh, you will never be full again. And that's why they have to keep consuming. It's because they'll never feel full again through um, uh, eating. Yeah, a lot of the descriptions are, like, really long legs and arms. So. Yeah, they become elongated, gaunt, like, skeletons with flesh yeah. and bangs. Um, mm. Sometimes related to, like, werewolf mythology. I know um, Until Dawn used that as their big twist, as their uh, big plot point, which, spoiler alert, for a game that's pretty old. Mm-hmm. Um, fun game if you ever read it and it's a really interesting um, mythology because it talks about insustainable greed and hunger and I think it has a fun message 
And then my last one is actually from my home area of Louisiana and the Canadians, uh, the, uh, sorry, not the Canadians, the Arcadians. I was about to say, it's like, those are two totally different places. <laughs> no, the Arcadians. Yeah, um, north uh, of the Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, when they came down to the Mississippi and became the Cajuns, yep. I just combined them, um, is the Rougarou. Ooh. Um, I, they are kind or the Lukaru is another version of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a variation of the werewolf mythology. It does come from Cajun folklore. I think it does have some roots in First Nations people of the area because there's a lot of intermingling of stories down there from that. Um, But basically, the legend has spread and even has versions in French Canadian immigrants, too. Um, uh, Basically, it was kind of a bedtime story to get kids to behave, is the idea of it. Like, don't go out into the swamp or you'll get eaten by the loop guru. And it's often described as a human body with a dog head or a werewolf-like. It does blood-sucking. It's often accorded variations to be hunted down by like Catholics who don't follow the rules of Lent. It's like there's a myth where it's because Louisiana is a very Catholicized area. So if you were a bad Catholic and didn't follow Lent, a Rougarou was going to hunt you down. Oh, pretty, wow. It's pretty fucking harsh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Hey. You just got, you don't break Lent, man. Oh, God. Um, so... They also will draw on human blood, and the curse can be supposedly transferred from blood to blood in some mythologies. And they will act sickly, and they won't tell people, so it's like a zombie. Like, it takes time to, like, go into effect. Right. Other people believe Rougarous are derived from witchcraft, like it's a curse placed on you. And... It falls into the werewolf category, but it is basically, it's a scary monster who basically will go chase you in sugarcane fields and wetlands if you are a bad little youngin' or... So just sugarcane fields. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, just as long as you don't go out at night and don't break the rules of Lent and um, don't cross any witches, and you'll be good. Mm. Yeah, but it follows a lot of the mythology of the werewolf. So it hunts at night, wolf-like shape, scary, scary swamp creature. Yeah, swamp wolf. Swamp wolf. Love a swamp wolf. A French-inspired swamp wolf. Sorry, blue. Yeah, I will. And those are my spooky stories for our short episode because we're losing Kip. Kip is dying. No, it's okay. Kip, Kip is dying. Yep, I'm dead. Um, they're very sleepy. Yeah. Uh, jet lag, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so any other thoughts on cryptids or any opinions we want to say about our, our cryptic friends? No, I love them all. I'm going to give them all a smooch. Keith? I think giving them a smooch would be dangerous. Even Some... skunk ape. Okay, give them Just give them a little kissy. I like cryptids. They're interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree that Sure seems like they're mistaken for other stuff. Yes. Yes, it's very likely that some of these... Mistaken for these things, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're most likely wild animals or a misunderstanding or fear. All those poor foxes with mange mistaken for chupacabras. They're very scary looking. Those poor things. Yeah. Well, Heath, where can people find us? They can find us on PetParentsPod.com, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. Uh, tell your friends and family who like animals about us. And you can email us your favorite uh, cryptid, PetParentsPod, at gmail.com. As always, we will continue to get better. And good luck with your hopes and dreams. Bye-bye. Till Halloween. Ooh.